The Holy Gospel, according to Mark, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. When evening had come, he said to the disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on one of the cushions. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke and rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who who is this that even when the wind and the sea blow, they obey him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? That is the question the disciples ask, or more accurately, that is the question they cry when once, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a violent storm, they found Jesus fast asleep on a pillow in the stern of the boat, either unaware of the present danger or unconcerned about it. It's safe to presume that everyone else on board had their oar in the water. Everyone else was fighting against the relentless wind and the crashing waves, bailing out the water as fast as it came in. Everyone else was well, wide awake, doing everything they possibly could, fighting with all of their might to keep the boat afloat in order to survive the storm. Everyone else, that is, except, of course, for Jesus, who was, as Mark's Gospel tells us, sound asleep. Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing That same question has been asked throughout history in many different ways by all kinds of people in various situations, and it continues to be asked today. Teacher, don't you care that another senseless shooting has left more of our children dead? Teacher, don't you care that tensions and violence continue to rise in the Holy Land, threatening to destroy the most sacred places on earth? Teacher, don't you care that we, your people, are in despair as families and communities and nations are divided and torn apart and often unable to even talk with one another? Perhaps even you have given voice to the question. In the face of illness, grief, 
a broken relationship, worry over your kids or your grandkids, stress about finances, anxiety about trying to hold all the pieces together, manage all of the things, keep all of the balls in the air. Perhaps in the middle of the night, in the middle of your storm, you too have cried out, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? Or more precisely, teacher, don't you care that I am in trouble here, that I am about to perish? The Bible tells us that on that night, in the middle of the storm on the Galilee, when the disciples woke Jesus from his sleep, he, Jesus, rose up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the immediate result was a great calm. The rain stopped, the wind quit, the danger passed, the storm ceased. That is what happened in the Bible. But that is not always our experience, right? When we cry out, teacher, don't you care that I'm perishing? The storm doesn't always stop. Our cries for relief and protection don't always result in the same safe ending as is recorded in the scriptures. To be sure, one of the most painful, and I should hasten to add common, Struggles of the faithful life comes when God's care for us is difficult to perceive, when God seems indifferent or unresponsive or altogether absent, when our Savior appears to be sleeping even as a violent storm threatens to take for us everything we know and love and care for, even life itself. When a friend of mine was battling cancer, during our last visit together, I asked how her faith was supporting her. You should know that we grew up going to the same church, confirmation, youth group, church camp, Sunday worship. We did it together. So my question about her faith was not asked as a pastor, I was not hers, but rather it was asked as a friend. How is your faith supporting you? She answered simply and without hesitation, suggesting that she had already answered this question for herself. In response, how is your faith supporting you? She said, it isn't. Frankly, I feel as though I have been abandoned by God. Her response reminded me of the words from a psalm written by King David. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Psalm 13 makes it clear. The king of Israel is on the verge of despair. He feels abandoned 
and alone. He feels forgotten and ignored. He feels the anguish of the perceived absence of God. Four times, with four different questions, King David cries out, how long? The response of my friend also reminded me of the words our Lord Jesus spoke from the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And today, I am once again reminded of her words as the disciples of Jesus reflect the same sentiment. Teacher, don't you care? To be clear, this struggle of faith is not a sign of weakness. It is merely evidence of our humanness. It's an honest question, and maybe even more than that, it's an honest prayer, a prayer spilled from the lips of one caught up in a raging storm. In his book titled Jesus, A Pilgrimage, James Martin writes poignantly about this struggle of faith. He says, and I paraphrase, often when the storm is raging all around us, we naturally turn our attention to the danger and to the pain. And that, he says, makes it difficult to see where God might be at work in other places. Martin goes on to suggest that rather than focus on what God is not doing, we turn our attention to what God is doing, to where God is active, to how God is present with us. Many years ago, I walked with a family through a long and heartbreaking health crisis for one of the members. As we met to make plans for the funeral, I will never forget the faith lesson this mother taught me. Reflecting on the difficult journey they had made, she said, we prayed. We prayed so hard. We prayed that the life of our loved one would be spared. We prayed every single day for a miracle. And we didn't get the miracle we prayed for. Then, after a pause, she continued and she said, we prayed for a miracle and we didn't get one. We got hundreds. We got miracle after miracle in a million beautiful ways every single day. And for that, she said, I will be forever grateful. In order to experience the calm, sometimes we need to shift our attention from what God is not doing to what God is doing to where God is active to how God is present with us. Teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? The answer to that question is an unequivocal yes. Yes, God cares. 
God cares so much that we are told by the prophet Isaiah, and I quote, God will never forget you because God has engraved you on the palm of his hand. God cares so much that he has promised that he will be with you in the boat, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the storm because he is called Emmanuel, God with us. Lo, he says, I will be with you to the end of the ages. And finally, God cares so much that he sent his one and only son to the cross so that we might be redeemed and reconciled once and for all, so that our future might be secure, so that there is a place for us in his heavenly home, so that one day, as is promised in the book of Revelation, we will join all the saints singing holy, 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 and we will do so exactly as it says in scripture, we will do so around a glassy sea. Imagine that for a moment. Around a glassy sea. A sea that knows no wind. A sea where the danger has passed, where the storm has ceased, and where there is only a great calm, a great and eternal in the name of Jesus. Amen.